Welcome to the episode number two of the All In Sports Outreach Podcast. We are excited that you have chosen to download and listen to this brand new episode. I am Stuart Hardy, co-founder of All In Sports Outreach, and I'm excited to be joined by my friend Rand Smith, also co-founder of our organization. Rand was on the other end of the phone call that I referenced on episode number one that happened on May 1st, 2015. So, Rand, welcome. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's great to uh, be a part of this uh, starting our new podcast and uh, excited to uh, see where it's going to take us. Yeah. So why don't you start with giving the listeners uh, kind of a background of how we met, um, how Guy brought our past together and um, led us to that one phone conversation that has got us where we are today. It's uh, looking back on it, even the little small things that uh, happened to get us to where we got to that conversation was just mind blowing. The fact that I was asked to go on a mission trip to Belize and help with a basketball camp. And I said yes before I knew the dates or even where Belize was. <laughs> and um, didn't even know the price. I said, yes, I'll go. And I never forget the first phone call I ever had was Stuart calling me. And you were uh, kind of trying to figure out, hey, is this a guy that we need to allow to go on a mission trip with us? You know, <laughs> get an idea of who you are. We didn't know each other. And then we do that. We go down there. It's a, it's a great trip. We have a great time and uh, end up uh, really through sports, through basketball, being able to share the gospel with 120 kids from all from diapers up to 18 year olds yeah. and uh, <laughs> sagging diapers. And, uh, diaper. and so, uh, and then we come, we get back, and that uh, I think that's, I think it more so afterwards, once we got back, we started having conversations, and that's where our friendship really began to grow, even more so than down there. And um, we kept talking about, hey, we'd like to do something in Selma, something in a place that we both um, have called home and we have a place that we really um, want to invest in and care about. And then that leads all the way up to uh, the end of April 2015 when uh, your son, Miles, puts on on Instagram a video of him dunking a Nerf ball. The famous Nerf dunk. The what Miles takes credit for for starting the whole thing, um, dunking the ball into this little Nerf goal on the back of his door in his bedroom, and we started commenting about, hey, we're going back and forth. Let's do this in Selma. Let's put some portable goals and do it. And I think uh, Stewart's reaction was, hey, your reaction, you said something along the lines of, are you serious? I'll call you tomorrow. And uh, that's what put into motion this one-hour phone conversation on May the 1st, of 2015, that uh, that led to, hey, we're going to do a camp in Selma. And then and that's what we signed up for. That's what we thought we were signing up for. Yeah, I agree. I think um, my, yeah, that's a great description of it. I think when I think back to the night of the Instagram video that is now famous, um, I think back to my thought was kind of the old, when I was in elementary school, you write a note and check yes or no or whatever. And I just almost like, are you serious? Yes or no? And then we'll go from there. And then, um, 
I remember on that one-hour phone conversation, we were talking about, well, we need a name. And our theme for the camp in Belize was all in from Colossians 3.17. And so I remember being on the Internet and typing in all in sports outreach, and the name was available. So I was like, okay, that's our name. And it's just, like you said, it just, from that day on, from talking to local businesses in Selma, um, the financially being provided um, quickly to for the supplies and even past the basketball camp when we submit the paperwork through the IRS to become an official organization. They told us six to nine months, and it was like five and a half weeks. I mean, everything that has happened is is gone at speeds that we didn't really believe was possible. And I think, you know, you hit on something. We started in Belize, um, our friendship and kind of serving together, but as I was thinking back on it, just the, the thought of it's easy. Easy may not be the right word, but it is kind of a little easier for us as Christians to go to another country and serve for a week because it's five to seven days. You're on. You're supposed to be loving people. You're supposed to be having a good time. You're supposed to be sharing the gospel. Then you come back home. Whereas when you do it at home, it has become... It has to be your way of life versus a one week. And so I think that's been um, the fun part is, and also the challenge because it forces you to evaluate your calendar, you know, to see if are we truly all in. Do we match up to what we're saying versus, you know, going to Belize for a week? Yeah, I mean, it truly becomes a, a part of you. I mean, it's not just a, not just a, part of your life or a section of your calendar, but it actually becomes a part of your heart that you, you actively look for the people around you that you can serve. And I think that's a way that the more opportunities that God has given us is because he's making us, he's made us aware of needs that have been right in front of us for years. And uh, we've not ignored them, but we just haven't recognized them. And I think he's really opened our hearts, the two of us and other guys and uh, others to those things and these open doors to allow us to um, have access to them and not just access, but he's given us the resources, the uh, support versus, uh, and, and the encouragement from others to um, come in and do these things and meet these needs and uh, to share his love with people in Selma and in Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I think another thing that stands out to me was post May 1st leading up to the end of June 2015, the first camp was, um, you know, I remember you and I saying from the very first conversation that we want to go into a neighborhood. We don't want to pull kids out. I mean, logistically, you don't want to take vans and there's a lot of liability, but, you know, we want to go to people. And I remember people that were very encouraging to us, one of the first contacts we had in someone. But I remember her saying, but why don't you get the YMCA and take the kids there? And we kept saying, no, we want to go to the kids. And that seemed foreign to a lot of people. Um, but I think that's what has, to your point, kind of changed the way we view needs now. We're able to, to see those needs more because of kind of going out of our comfort zone into an, into someone else's backyard, so to speak. Well, it's, it's basically whether we realize it at the time, but God has put me 
the model that uh, of Jesus ministered. He didn't wait for people to come to him. He went to them. And uh, even the places that were unpopular, even the places that were not safe, even the places that his disciples looked at him and like, you're crazy. Why are we going there? Those people don't like us. And uh, we're, but, but we don't go there. You know, that's just not what we do. And he said, no, we're going to meet them where you are. You don't have to change to get to me. You don't have to um, improve yourself to get to know where you are, where you are um, in your brokenness, in your hurt, in your pain, and, and, and whatever um, that might be holding you back. I'm going to meet you there. And you don't have to. And so I, th- I don't know that we sat down and thought logically, hey, um, you know, this is just like Jesus did. He would, he would go do this. I wish um, I could. I, I wish mean, I could tell you that that's exactly why we did it that way. But I don't remember having those thoughts. <laughs> and and that, that's uh, uh, that, that's uh, another example of uh, through our, even through our many flaws, um, personally and collectively, many flaws. God works through them, and uh, and He can make things happen that. And you look back on it, you're like, wow, we are following Jesus' footsteps. It's because God was leading us that way. And not because we sat down and examined and said, all right, what would Jesus do? Um, We didn't do that, but God took care of that for us anyway. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you go to our website or any of the materials we've put out since the very beginning, one of the words that we try to use a lot is unity. Um, And I think we put that together. It sounded good. The word's been used a lot. Um, especially in Selma, but I'm not sure really at the time I really understood it. I mean, unity sounds great. It's a, like I said, a word used all the time, but I think we're, we do experience that some now as we just finished our third summer of camps in Selma. I think we start seeing some of that because I know just this last June where they're walking the day before hand out flyers and the mom's going, I'm so thankful y'all are back again this year. My kids have been asking if y'all are coming back. So the fact that we go to them, it, we are seeing some of that unity. It's a slow process, but I think I think that at the end of the day, to your point, that's that's the model of Jesus. And uh, it might have been the same mom or a different mom that said, hey, what, what church are you from? And every single one of us that was standing there answered with a different answer. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, we're all together because of all in uh, sports outreach, but we all attend different churches. And I remember a comment was, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, working together. And, um, I mean, I was the, the encouragement even through, I was out there a couple of days before camp this summer with the leaf blower blowing off rocks and glass and things like that out of the parking lot. And a lady stopped me and said, hey, what are you, what are you doing? And I told her, and she said, uh, I told her we were having a basketball camp. She said, oh, the one you all have every year for the kids in the parking lot. And I was, in my mind, I'm thinking, every year this is going to be year three. Every year, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big commitment. That's, but that sounds like 20 years, but yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, when I think of the word unity and, you know, kind of what we're trying to do, the first thought that pops into my head now as we talk through this is, we haven't mentioned it, is that first fall 
we had the idea of the coat drive, that we would go to the historic Brown Chapel in the heart of Selma, right literally where we do the basketball camps on the Saturday before Christmas, and we would serve hot chocolate, give out coats and blankets, and just love on people. And, you know, when, when we brought up the idea, we didn't know how it would work, and then within a day or two, a new dry cleaners in Selma opened and said that they would be the collection point. They would dry clean everything that was dropped off and that we put just a simple Facebook post and, you know, it was more than the dry cleaners could handle because then you get all these people from all over Selma dropping off stuff and we're getting text messages, Facebook messages, emails going, what do you need? What else can we do? And we have people donating money and you and your mom going to Walmart, you going to dollar, every dollar general in Selma buying every blanket in town. And I had to stop in Meridian, Mississippi, on my way into town and get blankets because there were no more in Selma. And just the outpouring of all the churches in the community coming together to, to make that happen um, when we were six months old as an organization. I mean, to me, that is just a, an incredible memory when I think back of everything that's happened in 28, 27, 28 months. That is one thing that I think is kind of the one foundation that's non-sports related of what we've done. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times when I see or someone sees all in sports outreach, I think all it is is sports. And that's, yes, we do sports and we want to do them well and provide quality sports, but it's, it's uh, and honestly, we thought that's all we were going to do at first. Um, with sports, but <laughs> sports and so you know, and then I don't know how many times I had to drive to the cleaners and load up the back of my car and uh, <laughs> go take those and then go get some more. Um, but yes, that one that was uh, definitely a highlight in the sense that it was all different types of people from all different types of churches and organizations and from all different parts of our community that were wanting to help, even as far out as the Targetville. Um, they, they, they accepted coats there. I drove out there and gladly picked them up, the coats and blankets out there. And they, they've already, uh, I got a text from them a month ago, hey, we're already we're saving some for you this year. And I was like, a month ago, it's, it's, it's June, July, why are you saving coats? But they're already thinking ahead of it long before we can. Yeah, which is um, incredible that, you know, that people remember certain things. And to your point of, you know, everything we do is not sports related. I mean, I think most things are kind of based on sports. But, um, it's you know, we see that when there's a need, you know, people rise up and, and meet needs, and it's now we're just kind of like just the the conduit to to funnel those resources to where you know we see where we want to invest our time. So another one that stands out. Um, this is one of my crazy um, thoughts was sending a late night Facebook message to Tommy Bowden, and two days later getting a message saying, "Call me on my cell phone." And uh, I remember calling Rand going, I don't know what to do. And you're like, call him. Well, what am I going to say? Well, he said, call him. You know, and just explaining, because um, me personally, I have a lot of respect for the Bowden family, especially uh, he and his dad and just with their faith. And, and I, 
from they're from Alabama and just explain to him what we're doing in the cell. And he's like, yeah, I'll come. Um, and I'm thinking, so I go up, you know, and find out what he normally gets paid. And I thought, well, there's no way. And then the what he came for was just a fraction. And then when that event's over, you know, we breathe a sigh of relief. We pulled it off a community breakfast where he talked about, you know, just the importance that sports plays in bringing a community together. And then the phone rings. And this is March of 2016, so not even a year after we start, my phone rings about four hours after he left, and I look down, and his name pops up, and again, I'm like, what do I do? My wife's like, answer the phone. I'm thinking, did I not pay him? I'm thinking something's wrong, and he says, I'm just calling to tell you, I've spoken at a lot of organizations, a lot of events throughout the entire country, but I was blown away by what you guys are doing, and I was just speechless. I didn't know what to say other than thank you, because again, you know, we don't even feel equipped to do what we're doing because it was just a conversation have a basketball everything goes back to we we say I mean if I had a dollar for every time we said this like we could probably be retired but um we we just signed up to do a basketball camp and then it's just it seems like every week since then something else comes up and we go but we just signed up to a basketball camp there's opportunity after opportunity um well this podcast is another example so here you go uh, so enough about the past, really. I think we've told the, the story. But I was thinking, um, as I was thinking about this particular episode, I was thinking if we maybe, and I think we've hit some of it, but if you could think back to, like, one accomplishment, your greatest memory, and then also maybe one of the greatest challenges or, challenges or biggest lesson that you've learned organizationally or personally, then I'll, I'll do the same. Probably, uh, we'll go with the, uh, greatest challenge first. Um, one of the greatest challenges was just keeping up with the speed of it. Uh, just how quickly it accelerated and took off. And all of a sudden my phone number's in the newspaper and I'm getting yeah. calls Forgot about all the, the time. Yeah. Um, the newspaper, I don't, I've lost count how many articles they've written about upcoming events or recaps of events and, uh, you know, getting calls and emails and, set, you know, all this stuff happens so quickly, um, so more quickly than we ever imagined. And, you know, just kind of wrapping your brain around it. And, and uh, I know personally when it got to that speed, there's a point there well, yes, we're following God, but at one point it got so busy, so to speak, that I, you know, I was relying on my own strength to do it and doing it. Hey, just got to get this done. Got to get this done. Got to get the. Got to keep going, keep going, keep going. I wasn't taking time to invest in myself, to uh, to uh, spiritually. I know, and that taught me a, a good lesson because I was starting, you know, well, not burn out, but it was stressful at times. Um, but that taught me a lesson, and God was showing me, hey, you know, I'm going to take care of you, but you've still got to, you still got to pull into, lean into me. You can't do it on your own. If you start wandering off, you are going to burn out on it. And uh, he really got me uh, my attention with it. And uh, that's something I really learned from it. So it's, it's helped me um, that way, too. It's helped me, uh, it's helped me individually. It's uh, strengthened my relationship with him. And then, uh, um, so that's been really an eye-opener for me. I didn't expect, I didn't expect that. 
at all. I was, I, I was looking at it as, hey, I'm going to serve other people, and I'm going to, other people are going to get help through this, yeah. either physical needs or in spiritual needs. But I didn't see it as, I'm going to be helped through this also. Oh, that's good. And uh, one of the, probably, one of the greatest, I mean, it's impossible to break down greatest memories because there's so many of them or greatest experience or what I enjoyed the most. But I probably have to say um, because of the way we structure it, because of the way that we make it open, because of the way we have, um, we do it on a, when we do camps, how it's open to our families. And I'll never forget. And I, and I got a picture of it. I actually took a picture of it, but that the, Mentally, it's seared in my brain. I, I hope it never leaves. A picture of Philip. My, he was, was a year ago. He was three years old, and he came out to the basketball camp in the parking lot, and he played basketball. He helped Mrs. He helped with some crafts, and he hung out with the kids. And there's a picture of him sitting on the on the curb there in the parking lot with the other kids from the camp around him. And Chris Sermon's playing, and Phillips got his head bowed, and he's there with us doing it. Yeah. He's uh, participating, but he's also a part of the ministry, too. And we're doing it as a family. And uh, my wife's been able to be involved. And Daniel, as, as Daniel and Philip grow, I look forward to them being able to, to be even more involved in it. So that's probably, probably one of my favorite things is the fact that we get to do it together. Yeah. It's not... Um, you know, you go off on a mission trip by yourself to police, uh, don't get to take them with me. Or I go do youth thing, a youth mission trip with our church or something, and the kids don't get to go. But now my kids are there. Um, they're involved. And, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you can say the same thing with your three. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. I think our challenges and <laughs> favorite things are very similar. I was thinking – the biggest challenge for me is since, you know, you and I both serve in the leadership of the organization, um, you know, I always want to not forget what it's like to serve. You know, don't get caught up too much in the details of looking ahead of what's next and be able to enjoy a basketball camp or the weekly gatherings we do here in Dallas. That um, And sometimes that is a challenge because I feel, you know, at times when I'm trying to – kind of operating my own strength that I've got to look at, okay, I know we have the basketball camp in Selma this week, or I know I've got on Sunday, we've got this weekly gathering. I got to, I know I have that, but also what about the basketball camp in Dallas next week or the football camp? And I'm trying to think through too many things. And I, you know, sometimes I let that um, take over and I, and I never, want to get to the point where I lose the joy of serving because I'm too caught up in the details. And I think, you know, we share a very similar, you know, favorite thing. It is, it's family. Um, I'll never forget the first one in Selma. We did three sites and my kids went to different sites. And so to see them every day at lunch and they come run up and tell me their, their favorite part of the day. Um, and that's even difficult to talk about now and get a little emotional, but, and, and they still, to this day, love going because they've made friends in Selma. And then every Sunday um, here in Dallas, we do this, you know, the, the weekly gathering. We take food and games. We do some type of Bible story in the same neighborhood. We've been doing it since the fall, last fall. And there's times when the 
kid gets invited to a birthday party or or something, and their first question is, "But what about all in?" I'm gonna. I, I don't want to miss it. So the fact that it is something, it's part of our family. It is. It makes it special, and that kind of helps me deal with the greatest challenge of um, trying to balance serving today versus looking ahead. The excitement that our family has with it kind of helps offset that that challenge. So I think that's good, um, and hopefully that's an encouragement to. To somebody that's listening, whether they're involved in our organization or any organization, I think those challenges and joys can be applied anywhere, whether it's a local church, um, you know, just being involved with your family. So that's good. Um, I think we've shared a lot about the organization. I think, um, you know, if I were to sum it up in just a, a sentence or two, it would be that, you know, I, hopefully you've heard that in these stories, but, you know, we want to just always stay grounded that everything we do, everything we say, every dollar we spend, every plan that's drafted in the email or a phone conversation is centered on the one purpose, and our purpose is that everything we do is to, to spread the hope and the power that's only found in Jesus, whether it is with a basketball or a football or handing out a code or um, handing out backpacks for school supplies. And, and hopefully you hear that in, in this conversation that um, that it truly is our heart that everything we do is not just something that we, we say. We hope that we model that. Um, so, Rand, tell us anything big um, or what's going on in Selma right now or any special prayer requests that you could share, that um, things that could be upcoming. Um, as school started back, as yeah. um, football season has is beginning again, another one of our, uh, I mean, talk <laughs> about great memories, great opportunities. Oh, yeah. But um, Jonathan Jenkins, a local pastor, is the he's been the chaplain. I think I believe this is the third year, right? Is, he's yeah, been he a, started uh, this a, fall of 2015. This is his third year as a chaplain of a. Was a, was a football team at Southside High School, and the relationship he has built with not only the players, but also the the, the head coach, and then even going as far as uh, most of the staff at Southside knows who he is. And he's he's hard to miss anyway because he's <laughs> he's a he's a mountain of a man. Uh, he's a mountain of a man, not in a not in a disparaging way. He's just a God made him a large man, right. but uh, and but these guys they know him and uh, they they enjoy being around him. But just the opportunity opportunity that he's had, but he continues to have because he's built the relationship with these guys. He knows them. He knows their families. He knows um, you know what they want to do after high school, and he's able to speak to them and be a positive role model to them, but also to share the gospel with them, to share what it's like to um, to live like Christ, to follow his example, to um, the, the things that the gospel, that the Bible teaches us, that God wants us to live certain ways. He's able to invest and to plant those seeds in these young men's hearts. And um, it's, it's paid dividends already because there's a, a there's a young guy there. He's a senior. He went, we... We were able to 
helped him get to the FCA leadership camp this summer. And he's in my class at Southside now. He's a senior in my English class. And I can tell by talking to him, he's always been a nice guy, but you can tell there's something different about him this week, this first, um, as we started back school. And you can tell that he's, he's, he's a changed person um, and changed in a good way. Um, he's always been a leader, but now he, he sees he, I believe he sees he has a bigger purpose um, than just leading a football team. Uh, to win games. And, uh, so that's been really encouraging and something we're really looking forward to. Um, also, we're, uh, we're hoping, we're, we're praying, we're wanting to get into more schools in the local Selma area, um, get into more schools to support those schools in ways that are needs that might not be being met. Um, that we can serve, and they might seem like small things in the big scheme of things, but the way schools go a lot of times, certain things get neglected because of lack of funds and things like that, and uh, there are opportunities that we can serve and fulfill those needs, but those, by doing that, will build the relationship with the administration and the teachers, and then hopefully provide opportunities to build relationships with the students and the parents even. Yeah. Um, and that's just, there, there's just so many opportunities and we're, we're looking forward to um, stepping in, stepping up and stepping into some specific neighborhoods, especially the one that uh, George Washington Carver Homes, which surrounds Brown Chapel, which is where we've had our basketball camp and our coat drive over the past three years. Um, really hoping to develop those relationships because we've always said that um, it's the relationships that change people, not right. the, not just the service. Just like uh, you can't just know about Christ. You have to have a relationship with him and know him in order to change your life. So yeah. um, we're really looking forward to that. We're hoping, I think there are going to be some, there are more opportunities that are coming up. And of course there's some that, there's some that I'm, I'm faith, I have faith that God's going to show us that he has not shown us already. There are going to be more that uh, arise. So um, there's definitely definitely opportunities to to even grow even more in Selma. And uh, I'm, we'll be sharing those uh, when, we, when we get to them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, what's interesting is that young man you're talking about from Southside, I'm excited that um, probably in a couple episodes we're gonna he's gonna be on and, and and share his story and share the impact of an FCA camp because I got a handwritten note um, about two weeks after he got back from camp I had the mail was sitting on the counter when I got home and I see this return address from Selma I didn't have a clue who it was and it's a handwritten note from this young man just saying thank you to All In Sports Outreach for allowing me to go to FCA camp and 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 how. Truly, he said, God changed my heart. I feel closer to God, and I want to start a Bible study for all athletes at Southside, not just football. And I think he put in the letter, I want to make it mandatory for all athletes. You know, and he kind of laughed in the letter. <laughs> but um, just the fact that a handwritten letter, number one, spoke a lot about the young man. So I'm excited. Um, I love that ministry at Southside. I, I mean, we could do weeks of episodes, just story after story, 
there, but I'm excited in a couple weeks that you'll get to hear from that young man, um, kind of hear his heart. Um, so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Definitely, you know, if you're listening, just pray for these opportunities to get into the schools, especially a school or two right around that George Washington Carver neighborhood because that's, you know, we already have moms going, y'all come every year, so we just feel very strongly about getting into a school there with just strengthen those relationships. And I'll share, you know, prayer request here in Dallas is, you know, not much different. Uh, we go to a neighborhood every Sunday here, and, you know, the, the word relationship just just comes up, and we're seeing those relationships just really, really deepen. Um, you know, you get invited to a birthday party of a kid over there. Uh, we found out two weeks ago that a lady um, has got four kids living with, the dad of three of them, she told us that, you know, she, they've decided to get married and they want a group of us to come to the wedding. So those relationships really, it's just doing life with people in those communities is really what it's wow. about. So, yeah, just, you know, just continue to pray, pray for that. We've got an opportunity to get into a middle school in that community through a football camp. Um, and we think that God's opening the doors to do even more, similar to what uh, Jonathan's doing at Southside. So uh, we're trying to take that model to a school here. And, and to your point, there's probably more opportunities out there that we don't even know about. Um, so just pray that, you know, just as a whole, that as an organization we would stay grounded and not, not spread ourselves too thin, that we would discern the right opportunities. Because there's been opportunities that we've thought about or have heard about, and we, we've said no. So we just want to, you know, make sure that everything that, that we do stays to that one purpose so we'll close out with i mentioned it on the first episode and um, every guest that we have on the podcast will answer this same question so i think it's right that if we answer it so the name of the organization all in sports outreach you take those words all in it's really big in the sports world right now no clemson that was their uh slogan the last couple of years, Baylor basketball, I've seen a couple of high school teams or T-shirts that say all in. And, and so it is, it's a catchy, catchy two words. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes it can get watered down. And so let's kind of share with, um, I'll go first this time. You've gone first to every other question, but unless you just want to. But um, just, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to ask everybody, what does it mean when you hear the words all in and then specifically in your personal walk with Christ, what does that mean? What does it mean to be all in? So, um, I think for me, uh, when I when I hear all in, it really means that I give 110%, no matter what I'm doing. That's what we tell at the, our sports camps. We tell the kids, whether it's basketball, whether it's being a son or a daughter at home, whether it's a student at school, your spiritual life, that everything you do, you give it your all. And I think when I apply that to my personal walk, it means... Every day I need to be, start my day in prayer. I need to be in his word because if I'm telling kids that that's important, I need to model it in my own life. And, I, and so um, so for me being all in, in my personal walk is it's, you know, when my feet hit the floor, it's thanking God for the gift of today and this spending time in his word and allowing his word to, to speak to me and try to meditate on that. Um, and I think that helps, it helps me as a husband, as a dad, um, as a coworker, um, as a leader in ministry, um, 
I think just staying grounded in the disciplines of the faith um, is really what it means to me. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> a great answer. No wonder you wanted to go first. <laughs> I actually didn't even write that one down. I wrote down some <laughs> notes, and I'm looking at my little notes, and I didn't write that down. <laughs> well, uh, Arlen, you mentioned that you know Clemson, I know Auburn use it, and I know sports oh, yeah. teams use it, and uh, so forth and so on. But when you look at it, they're using it. Hey, we're going to be all in to win this championship this year. Yeah. Or maybe for your career here at this on this team, and no matter what it is, it's it's for a earthly reward, and it's a finite amount of time because eventually you're going to have to stop playing the sport that they're talking about. And whereas we're looking at all in, as in not all in just for a week of camp or even just a one-day event, but all in for not just this year or even the next couple of years, not even just for the rest of our life, but for eternity. And all in in the sense that, hey, we want to, what we do now, what we do now through this ministry, will thanks to God and only thanks to him, will positively impact eternity in his kingdom. And not just the years that we have on earth, not just the years um, the people that we come in contact uh, contact with have on earth, but even past that. And when you start reaching people for Christ and start being all in, um, and we find other people and we we invest in them, Christ invests in them through us, and we're allowed to show them what it's like to be all in. That doesn't just affect them. That affects their their if they end up their siblings, their parents, if they're children. In the future, it will affect their children. Wow, that's good. And their grandchildren, and it leaves a legacy of <laughs> of of impact for Christ that He is not because of us. But he is he uses us to do that. That's good. And um, just like we use sports as a tool, I mean he uses us as a tool to to plant seeds, to water, those kind of things to uh, help them grow. And I think uh, yes, I, I completely agree with you talking about all the end and having to be in it in our lives, our personal lives, as well as the organization itself. But uh, we need to be that as a husband, as a father, as what, exactly what you named, but also all in thinking of it as the big picture, the, 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 the God-sized picture, not the what we see with our own, our own human eye or even what we dream with our own human mind because it's already been shown to us that God takes those dreams and says... <laughs> That's, that's, that's a daydream right there. Let me show you what a real dream looks like. And so uh, I really think that uh, he has worked in us to show us these things, and he continues to open our eyes and show us even more um, through this process. That's good. I don't know about you, but just kind of talking through for the last almost 40 minutes now, kind of how this all began, I'm just sitting here. I mean, just a big smile and just just a reminder of how faithful God is to us as individuals, as our families, and as an organization. And just, 
it even makes me even more excited to see what the rest of 2017 going to 2018 brings. Um, exciting, but also it kind of makes me a little scared because I'm not sure what's next. Um, you know, to your point, we have these little daydreams, and then, you know, it just it just opens. So it's been fun to to reminisce, if you will, but also I find it it's been an encouragement to me and hopefully the people that are listening, they've just found at least one little nugget of information that is um, that God's used to speak to them and encourage them. So uh, we do thank everybody for listening. Um, share it with family and friends. Subscribe, download, whatever your podcast platform of choice is, whether it's Apple, Google Play, whatever it is, just subscribe and download and help us spread these stories of uh, faith and sports on the local level and, and just Hopefully we just remain faithful in using this platform God's given us through media. Um, and you can always keep keep up with us. If you're a Facebook user, just type in All In Sports Outreach. We try to keep the page current, um, if not weekly. Um, we're on there quite often with, uh, with updates of what's going on with the organization, posting pictures. So you can always find information there. Or if you're not a social media person, www.allinsportsoutreach.org for more information. We'd love to hear from you. There's a way on our website via Facebook to send us a message. We love hearing from people, um, hearing stories of people that have been attended a camp or um, participated in another event. It's just always an encouragement for us. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, and until the next time, y'all have a, have a great day, and just remember to be all in.